coming up, D-backs and Tigers are both coming off sweep. So who's going to take their upcoming series? We got Scott Bentley of Locked On Tigers to discuss. Oh, that is not the video. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day would not be able to do this podcast without you my loyal listeners sharing subscribing reviewing doing all that so i could do this podcast for you thank you it's free and available on all platforms so please continue to tell your friends and today's episode is actually brought to you by blue nile make your moment sparkle with jewelry from blue and locked on sports listeners get 50 dollars off purchases of 500 dollars or more just use code locked on now now that we got all that out the way we got Scott Benley of Locked On Tigers on the on the show today because we got to discuss our upcoming series and we're going to grill him about because he knows his team is a little bit of a disappointment this year. So we got to grill him about that. So, Scott, without further ado, you know, first time crossover we're talking before we got on. The Tigers haven't been in Arizona in like uh, five years. Like it's been a minute since you guys have been out here. It's been a while, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No, we uh we we were talking about it, you know, chopping up before. And yeah, we don't get to we don't get to cross over and talk to you terribly often. So gotta take advantage. No, it's it's uh it's been a while. I, I think I saw the other day, I think our broadcast said it had been since 2017 since we'd been in Arizona, which is 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 crazy to me, but I guess that that's how baseball works. So yeah, it'll it'll be a fun one. Yeah, and it's also fun just because 2017 was also the year that the Tigers traded J.D. Martinez yeah, to the D-backs. Then he just had one of the greatest runs of all time. And the D-backs were like, yeah, five years, 120, that's too expensive for a guy who's going to get you 300 average, 1,000 OPS, and 30-plus home runs. Let's not pay for that guy. I, I we did the same he, thing for the yeah. ability better. So. <laughs> and I wonder if there was like a universal DH back then, maybe if the D-back changed their mind just because yeah. it was harder to play him in the National League. Um, but I really wish we would have kept J.D. Martinez as that would have been uh you know he's in potential hall of famer we'll see one day but scott you know just chopping it up before we got on here it sounds like a lot of people when they do crossovers with you they want to ask about the tigers and them being disappointments but let me be honest i don't feel like the tigers are disappointments because i personally didn't have high expectations for them coming into the season i thought this was like what the rangers did this past offseason where you're building and trying to get foundational pieces and hopefully your playoff windows in the next two to three years. They're just trying to acquire talent and start building toward that direction of making the postseason. I didn't think you guys were going to be good this year. I thought you were just going to get back on track. So just talk to me as the lockdown Tigers guy. How are how are the Tigers performing to compare to your expectations entering the season? Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely it's definitely a letdown. And and look, the the fan base is is furious i mean that that's Rabbit. really like yeah the, the fan base is not happy whatsoever and 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 i i think that they have every right to not be happy and uh coming into this season we were told by by ownership we were told by management that the rebuild was over after over half a decade and and 
that it was time to to you know start winning and competing for for playoff spots and 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 whatnot. And last year we won what seventy seven games. I, I mean we we had a outside of April we were an over five hundred team. Like we almost finished with a five hundred record and way overperformed. And and uh, I I think the coaching staff has a lot to do with that. But a lot of players ha- had really good years and. So when you take a a high 70 win total and you add Baez, Erod, Green now, Torkelson, and and Barnhart for what it's worth, like you had five impact players, at least four impact players, to a team that had a high 70 win totals last year. And and I think a lot of people expected more than to be – I mean, we're on pace for for dang near 100 losses. And I think the biggest thing – is the pitching has actually been pretty solid. Uh, Tarek Skubal's had a great year. I, his last couple of starts have not been fantastic, but the year as a whole, he's been absolutely amazing. Um, and and a lot of the guys we've called up have been impressive. Alex Fiedo's impressed. Bo Risky's impressed. But I, I think the the problem is we are on pace, as it stands right now on, on June 23rd, June 24th, to have uh, like one of the worst offenses of the modern era. Like we are not even averaging three runs scored a game. Uh, the I think our current runs per game is that would be the worst since like 1967. Like nationally, like all like National League AL included. All of the like year of the pitcher is in there, right? Like they just it would literally be one of the worst offenses in in the history of baseball and. Uh, that that's, you know, we just put up a 14 spot last Saturday and that's included in that. So like, it's, it's been a really, really, you go down and look at the OPS of this team, top to bottom, just the lineup. It is one of the ugliest things you will ever see. So it's, it's been a, a really, you know, you bring in Baez and and he's the last week he's been good, but on the season, he's been really struggling. Torkelson's been one of the worst hitters in all of baseball up to this point in the season. I mean, just everybody is is really really struggling all at the same time and and that's been the biggest kind of fear i guess within the fan base is just the offense has been so unbelievably horrible yeah and there's a lot of similarities between this d-backs and tigers team i mean of course they're both coming off sweeps but the d-backs are a team that's been one if not the worst team in the national league when it comes to offense as well this season and they're kind of a team that's built more through their pitching as well it seems like the tigers are probably built more through their bullpen as opposed to their rotation the d-backs are kind of vice versa but like you mentioned i mean looking up and down your lineup just on baseball referencing a quick glance miguel cabrera looks like the best offensive player on this yeah, team at almost he's got, 40 he's at almost 40 he's got 290 average and a 700 OPS and that's like by far and away the best last yeah. on this team and I, I don't know where what the Tigers can do like do you look at last year as like the fluke for a lot of these hitters like the Robbie Grossman's who are pretty good or do you think this year's the fluke and just like I don't know bad juju around the team because I don't really know how you get better like you mentioned coaching maybe it's a philosophy thing like where where how do you internally improve this team because I mean Javier Bias, I don't think he's this bad of a player I know he's a flawed player but he's usually an 800 OPS guy with 25 plus home runs like what's going on up and down this lineup uh, you know that's the million dollar question yeah. like there, there's been a, a lot of people are calling for you know scott Coolballs our hitting coach a lot of people mm-hmm. are calling for his head because like how how can you really not yeah. I, I mean i i'm not sure a, a, a hitting coach change is going to single-handedly like remind everybody how to hit a baseball but the the, the craziest thing is um, is truly just the lack of power. I, I have 
in my lifetime, I've watched the Tigers lose 119 games. I've watched the Tigers lose 114 games. I have seen two of the worst teams baseball history has to offer. And this offense has comfortably less extra base hits than those two teams. Like it is, it, it's something I've never seen before. Austin Meadows, who was around 30 home runs last year, has zero. It, it's June 20. We're almost in July. Austin Meadows has not hit a home run as a Tiger yet. Um, our, our team leader is Javi with whatever, like seven or, or whatever he has. Like we, we don't even have anybody with double digit homers and we're almost at the all-star break. Like it's, it, it, I, I've truly Robbie Grossman just hit his first last weekend and he had a 20 home run season last year. It's I've, I've never seen an entire team just forget how to hit the ball out of the infield all at once universally, like holding hands, doing it together. Like I have this year's tigers team and that that's what it all comes down to like the hit totals per game are are not terrible and like the walk rates could certainly be better but but they're not historically terrible like you know we're getting 10 11 12 base runners a game and scoring one run because it's all singles that's all it is and and that's easily the biggest problem so i i guess the answer would be to to remember how to hit the ball hard because like it's i i've truly never seen anything like it yeah, I don't know what you can do, but I feel like you probably do need to make a shakeup or something because the guy like Spencer Torkelson, who has proven on every stage so far of his young career, except the major league level, and he's someone that I just don't want to get basically lost in the sauce. For and sure. then all of a sudden, um, the the development from him, it just kind of stalled out because I'm from ASU. So Spencer Torkelson oh, is a guy go. who, yeah, he's a guy I've been on for a few years and he was a beast in college. He was one of the best ASU players of all time. He raked in the minor leagues. I mean, he was there for like, what, a year and a half, if that. So yeah. this is someone who has been a prodigy since like a young age. And he, he looked like he started off pretty quickly, like that first week of the season with the Tigers and then has really struggled since then. So I'm really hoping you guys can just, I, I like, I don't know what it is. Maybe you do need a fire hitting coach or something like that because I don't want to see someone like Spencer Torkelson just never have that internal development, never get better. Because as a D-backs fan, I've seen a lot of guys who started off hot and then all of a sudden the longer right. they play in Arizona, it's like, ah, oh, what happened to Robbie Ray? I thought he was going to be, you know, an elite level pitcher. Tiger legend Robbie Ray, baby. <laughs> yeah, Tiger legend. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully Spencer could get back on track. And I do want to ask you about the Tigers, their offseason, their whole rebuild and everything. But it doesn't look like the Tigers are getting any closer to any jewelry, Scott. And if you need some fine jewelry, you need to head to BlueNile.com because Agreed. whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind, just like her. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKED. On. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today.
tonight, we got Scott here of Locked on Tigers for our little crossover because our two teams about to face off. And I do want to ask you about, you know, that whole 27 rebuild and everything that's led up since to it, because it felt like they had like a philosophy change this offseason. You talked about how the owners were like the rebuilds over because the rebuild, quite frankly, just hasn't worked out. You look at all those players that they, uh, you know, unload in 2017, the JDs, the Verlanders, the Scherzers. Um, they got back a lot of top prospects in those deals, and a lot of those top prospects, uh, they haven't really worked out. So now that the Tigers are back to spending money during the offseason, do you think this is going to be a trend that continues into next offseason and they're just going to basically just be one of these big money teams and try to build this team through that way, through free agency, because it hasn't seemed to work through prospects in the draft? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. There, there are definitely some players that are that are still in the minors that some people are pretty excited about and um i i think there's there's so but none of them are like top 100 guys really mm-hmm. that are like on the cusp at least um a, a lot of the guys are are people that our organization knows but aren't known on a national stage and so we'll you know th- those guys are are pretty hit or miss so so we'll see what happens with them but uh yeah you know it's Here's the thing, like, I, I don't think the fan base really trusts, A, the the, the front office. I don't think the, the fan base trusts Al Avila as, as general manager, but but I also don't think that the fan base really trusts ownership. I don't think that the, you know, Chris Illich has been the owner now for, for a while, and he has spent, like, once, like, one, like one time. Like, he, he really opened the, the pocketbook over the last six, seven years, uh, and and spend money and that just happened. So I'm I'm not really sure that there's a lot of faith that ownership will invest a ton of money in, into those big name free agents. But at, I mean, at the same time, like Torkelson and Green and Mize Manning, Scooble, like those guys are all in the majors now. So if if those guys don't take the steps forward that we expect them to take, I mean, Manning ha- has barely pitched this year, and and honestly, he hasn't been too really. In, incredible yet at the major league level Casey Mize just announced that he's going to undergo Tommy John so we're probably oh, looking really? at I yeah we're, we're probably looking at opening day of 2024 at this <laughs> point for him he's going to be like 27 years old uh and and he honestly ha- has not performed like a number one overall pick in his major league tenure either I mean he he really struggles with swing and miss stuff. Like can't really seem to get uh, a lot of strikeouts or a lot of swings and misses. So it, it's been, uh, it, it's, it's been, it's been a time. Uh, and, and I think there's, there's not a lot of faith in the people driving the ship from the, from the fan base's perspective uh, to, to really put our faith in, in them to, to navigate us out of a rebuild that is already looking shaky. So what would you do then? Do you think you have to fire the GM or just get new ownership entirely? Because it seems like the Tigers both struggle to develop players from the minor league level with the Torkelsons and sure. some other guys we've seen. And it seems like they also struggle when they do want to spend money. Um, the Javier Biases and the Eduardo Rodriguez, those haven't really worked out either. So where do the Tigers go for? I mean, even if you look at the trades from 2017, those haven't been great either. So if you can't trade well, you can't draft well, you can't develop minor league players and you can't sign good players. How do the Tigers get better then? That's a great question, right? <laughs> and, and and that's certainly uh, over the last, especially this season. Like, I think this season has been a lot of people's final straw because, again, we were told that we were going to compete and, and we did have a high 70 win total. And, and like I said, bring in five new, you know, 
anywhere from relatively to to extreme impact players or we believe to be so mm-hmm. and and nothing's changed and and we're still you know at the bottom and the offense has somehow gotten worse than it's ever been and and so it's it's yeah it, it it's <laughs> A lot of people want Alavila gone, the general manager gone. I'm not sure there's too many Alavila truthers really left out there. There are some, don't get me wrong, but but the number dwindles every single day and gets smaller and smaller. And um, you know, how I'm long not, has he been there as the GM? Has he been there since 2017? Uh yeah. He so he took over uh right when Dombrowski stepped down and Dombrowski okay. stepped down right after trade deadline of 15 because he traded David Price for for Matthew Boyd and Daniel Norris and then uh and then re- and then stepped down so yeah I got he's been there for seven years now he was responsible for all the 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 rough trades in 2017 for sure Okay, so that was definitely the pivot point in the franchise then because Dave Dombrowski, we know what he does. Right. He makes a lot of trades too, but it's usually to unload your farm system Correct. and acquire all those star players. So that's very interesting that um, when they move from Dave Dombrowski, because it's kind of like the Red Sox when they moved off Dave Dombrowski, right. went to Shane Bloom. It's like, all right, we're going with a whole different philosophy. Now we want to be probably more you know, uh, penny pinchers and work more around the margin to try to stable. More, yeah. Be more stable. <laughs> right. So um, but I don't mind the David Dombrowski thing because I mean, neither do he's I. Been, he's been taking like three franchises to world series. And yeah. I, I'm not, I mean, you, this is our first crossover, but anyone who's talked to me knows I'm just not a big prospect guy. I just think the gamble's too big. So if I could trade prospects for, you know, established stars in baseball or really good players, I think I would do that every time. Sure. So that, that's interesting that the philosophy switch came with uh the the flipping of the general manager from Dombrowski to Al Avila. But if you could go back in the time machine and put yourself in that mindset of 2017, how were you feeling as a Tigers fan? Did you feel like this team needed to rebuild at the time or were you still like, yo, we still got a lot of talent. And I know Verlander's a little bit older, but we could just retool around the pieces we have and still compete over the next few years. Yeah, you, you know what was interesting? I, I I think the turning point really was uh longtime owner Mike Illich when he passed away. I think that's when Chris Illich is now is now the the standing owner owner, Mike's son. And and he very much I think looked at it and said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that this is more profitable. Um and and really took a, a step back and unloaded everybody and and Mike especially at the end was, was just doing everything he could to, to win a ring. And then was spending tons of huge contracts, ones that, that uh, you know, Miguel Cabrera is still on the books for, for two more years at 30 million a piece. And then like the Jordan, oh, really? Z- yeah, the Jordan Zimmerman deal is obviously like one of the worst of, of this era. So like there are, there are certainly uh, a lot of deals that, that he made that are not looked at fondly, but he just wanted to win and, and was just going to open the pocketbook to try to win before he passed away. And, and he didn't. And, and I think that was really the, the turning of, of the guard. I truly believe. And, and there's certainly an argument that uh, I also think that the second Max Scherzer left, you know, three years, two years earlier, uh, I think that was also the kind of the, the beginning of the end more so mm-hmm. because um, that was a contract that we could have matched and we chose mm-hmm. not to. And, uh, so I, I think that was kind of slowly the beginning of the end. And then by 2017, you know, you, you, you I, I guess like, I, and <laughs> at the time, like nobody liked the JD Martinez deal. Like that was, that was, we got three guys from y'all that, uh, I don't, 
think one of them is not playing like North American baseball, like at any <laughs> level, like even professional, like he's playing professional ball out of the country. Uh, Dwell Lugo. Oh my he's, God. I'm looking at the deal now. Sergio Alcantara is in that deal. That's actually insane because yeah. he, he's had a cup of coffee on the D backs this season. He's on the Padres now. He just like, right. Yeah. He's just jumping around like yeah. kind of utility ish guy. So he he's been, you know, if, if he retires with positive war, that would be like a, a kind of a Miracle. surprise to me. Yeah. Um, Dwell Lugo was the best prospect quote unquote we got in that deal. And he was just, absolutely brutal for us in 2019 and then yeah was literally I, I don't think he's playing professional baseball in America um and then 18 year old Jose King was the uh, other one and he has like a 500 OPS in high single A so like it's it's just like we got nothing for JD Martinez the Justin Verlander deal was uh viewed at as like a potential to be good, but the prize prospect in that one was Franklin Perez. And he's pitched yeah. like 14 professional innings or 20 professional innings since 2017. Cause he's hurt all the time. So like he's, he's not even on our 40 man anymore. And, and yeah, I think you guys got back like three top 100 prospects or maybe two top 100 prospects in that deal. I don't think any of them has really turned out to be successful in the major league level. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's Franklin Perez who I, who I just talked about and I'm, I'm not up. sure he's ever going to be. And then Daz Cameron yeah. was the other one and he's prov provided a couple of decent at bats this year, but I'm not sure there's really a belief that he's going to be like a starting outfielder for this team going forward. And then the third one, was Jake Rogers, who uh, is recovering from Tommy John as a catcher right now. Oh, my God. And so, like, there's there's some belief with him that that he could be, like, a platoon catcher going forward. But um, when you trade the best pitcher in the history of your franchise and you get, like, maybe a platoon catcher and maybe a fourth outfielder, that's, you know, not not great. So it, a, lot of, a lot of deals, a lot of deals back then, you know, there's – and then a lot of deals that weren't made too. Matthew Boyd should have been traded in 2019 and he wasn't, and we got nothing for him. Michael Fulmer should have been traded in 2018 or 2019 and he wasn't. And now he, he's a good reliever, but you know, we could have gotten a lot more from him if we traded him when he was still a starter. So just a lot of missed opportunities by this front office. And so I, I, it's really tough for fans to continue to buy in after we're here and we, we don't really have too much to show for it, even though we were kind of excited and thought we did. And I feel like if I was MLB GM, I feel like I could build a pretty good team pretty easily because there's so many deals like the JD Martinez's where you're just giving up basically nothing. Eduardo Espar last year, the D-backs gave him up. They didn't really get much back. Like yeah. there's so many quality players on the market, even superstar players. I mean, look at the Nolan Arenado deal. It's not like right. the Rockies got back anything. So there's so right. many high level, you know, top tier players on the market. They could just basically get for nothing if you're a GM. And I don't see more GMs taking advantage of other GMs. Like I feel like the Dodgers or the, the Tampa Bay Rays, they do a great job of taking advantage of other people. But I feel like it could be if I was a GM, I would just be fleecing. It would be like fantasy all day, sending out <laughs> trade offers and like here's crappy prospects for your best player. And I think I think I would get a lot of people to buy it on <laughs> some of those deals because some some of these trades we see are just absolutely um, ridiculous in baseball. But Scott, I do want to ask you 
who you think is going to win the AL Central. It doesn't look like the Tigers are going to win it. But if you do want to bet on the Tigers winning the AL Central, which is probably insane odds, you need to head to betonline.net because it's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now we're wrapping up here with Scott Bentley of Lock on Tigers. Scott, before we go today, I want to ask you a couple of just general American League questions because before the season, I had a prediction with Silly Baseball that I said the Red Sox were going to make it to the World Series. And the first month of the season, I probably looked like an idiot because the Red Sox were getting walked off a lot. That offense wasn't great. And now you look at me, the Red Sox over the last like 20, 25 games, they've been arguably right after the Yankees, one of the best teams in baseball. Mm -hmm. Their offense is fired. J.D. Martinez is still a beast. Devers, Bogarts, they're probably my favorite non-Yankees team in the American League. So now I'll ask you, who's your favorite non-Yankees team that is in the American League right now? Well, uh, well, I mean, we don't even have to put the non-Yankees clause on there. It's not going to be the Yankees, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I, you know, as far as, like, team that I enjoy watching the most like it it honestly it is the los angeles angels and like yeah. i i know that that's you know they they get clowned on a lot and and they have their issues for sure and 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 all that and they got off to a really hot start and they finally had pitching and then now they don't have pitching and they're slumping horribly the manager yeah right yeah <laughs> so like it's it's definitely a uh, a circus over in in Anaheim all the time pretty much uh but they they really are probably my second favorite I, I have a lot of friends that are Angels fans too it's just like I I don't know and, and like Trout and Otani like it, it's mm -hmm. really easy to to root for them and and to watch them but um it, it's definitely not for for the faint of heart either I had this conversation with Sully Baseball the other day because I kind of feel like this. But let me ask you, do you feel like Mike Trout needs a playoff moment or just like that signature something in the postseason to just be the cherry on top of his career? Because we know he's had a great career, but just me personally, I still want to see him do it on the biggest stage just because I can't just automatically say the great player he is in the regular season is going to translate to the postseason because we got examples like Clayton Kershaw where he looks like two different guys in both instances. So do you feel like... Mike Trout needs that playoff moment just to cement his status as an all-time legend. Yeah, I mean, I for some people he for sure will. Like he he for sure will. And uh, like for me, he could retire today, and I think he should be unanimous, one hundred percent, first ballot Hall of Famer. Like I I think he's one of the greatest baseball players to ever to ever play this game, and I I think already what he's accomplished is is Hall of Fame worthy, but. As far as like baseball lore, I, I mean, for sure, like you don't want you don't want to look back in 10 years and just be like, oh, yeah, like Mike Trout, he was so good. He was so fun to watch. But when you pull up highlights of him, it's all, you know, June and in, in, in July games, right? Like mm -hmm. you want 
Like, of course you want it. And of course uh, I want it. And I think everybody in baseball, everybody who's a fan of major league baseball wants that. But as far as like cementing, you know, does it make his like, he's going to be a first ballot hall of fame ring, get as close to a hundred percent of the vote as, as the voters will let him get right away. Like as far as cementing his legacy in the game, no, but like, do I want it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's more of a lore kind of legacy For question. Sure. That we don't usually For have sure. too much in baseball when it comes to like barbershop debates and stuff. But I only right. bring it up because as good as he's been in the regular season, you can make the argument it's the most disappointing playoff career of any all-time great. And of course, it's not all his fault because one guy can only do so much. But seriously, if you look at like ESPN, they, does, they do their top 100 players of all-time rankings every yeah. season. Mike Trout's the only one with one career playoff hit on the entire list. The only one. He has the worst postseason resume of any top 100 player. That's a fact because I actually went through each of their resumes one day. (laughs) Let me me look through this. It's like Mike Trout's the only guy 10 years in with one playoff hit. It's actually insane when you think about it. It is. The lack of uh, postseason success. And for me, I think I'd rather just Mike Trout go to a different team. I know he wants to be the angel and retire the LA angel, but I also don't want to be watching Mike Trout for 20 years and be like, man, he really never was on the big stage ever in his career like I don't think yeah. that should happen to the greatest players that you know pass through sports I think we want to see their talents on the biggest stages and for sure maybe he has to leave the Angels who have just been a dysfunctional franchise like if Joe Madden the guy who turned Tampa Bay around and broke the 100 year curse for the Chicago Cubs and brought them to a World Series if he can't do it with a team that has arguably the greatest position player we've ever seen and then now has modern day Babe Ruth like if that guy can get that team to the postseason uh, I don't know what he can do uh, if you're an Angels fan so it's just really disheartening if you're an Angels Sure. No, um, it is yeah. disheartening for sure. Yeah, with how the season started and with how it's gone. Um, do you have uh any other questions or comments you want to say before we head out? I, prediction I, for the series, maybe? Well, you know, it, okay. it might be a low sweet. scoring one. It might <laughs> yeah. be a it might be a really low scoring series, I'll warn you. Um the the I mean, people to look out for, I guess. Like uh I, I think you're gonna miss Scooble, so you won't have to deal with like our one like consistent, really good starting pitcher, even though, like I said, his last couple of starts haven't been great. Um, but I mean offensively, Javi Baez for the last like seven games has like a fifteen hundred OPS and he's like absolutely crushing it. So if that momentum carries over, like that's definitely someone to watch out for because for the last week he's been one of the baddest dudes on the planet. But um, I I mean, like Riley Green is finally in the majors. That's super cool. You know, arguably the best prospect in all of baseball, finally getting called up. Uh, Should have made it way earlier, but broke his foot and everything. So now he's finally in the majors. So you'll get to watch, you know, watch him every day and and Rome center field will be super cool. But I I, I think the biggest thing is really just going to be like, who's going to score three runs like like this this could be a really really low scoring series and i guess that would be the the biggest thing is just who uh like i i love um i love christian walker like that's yeah. that that's that's the dog man like I, I picked him up in fantasy like in 2019 when nobody else knew who he was and i felt yeah. so proud of myself and yeah so i i've always liked him and he's obviously having a really good year but um, you know, and it might just end up being Christian Walker versus Javi Baez. Like it might just be that. Yeah, it could just be a home run battle. Yeah, Walker's got the 19. I was looking at the Tigers. They got 38 as a team. So Christian yeah. Walker's halfway there. Yeah, uh, Aaron but, Judge is closing in on our total as a team. Yeah, it's, yeah. Really, nice, it's really not good. 
That's pretty insane. Uh, Javier Baez, that's a pretty good call for maybe making an impact this series. Christian Walker, the problem with is he only likes to hit solo home runs. There's never anyone on the bases when he hits home runs. So yeah. if it's going to be low scoring, uh, the D-backs could hit. There's a lot of games where the D-backs hit three to five home runs, and they still only put up four runs on the board. So <laughs> we, we might see one of those series uh, this week. And uh, it'll be interesting. We get Spencer Torkelson back in Arizona as well, so that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get cool. a big ovation. And uh, I wish J.D. Martinez was back here because I would just to add a little me extra too. flair Trust me. Uh, in this series. Uh, for the YouTube listeners, they can see your Twitter handle. But for the audio listeners, where can they find you on social media? My Twitter is uh, my personal Twitter is at Bentley Scotty, and then the Locked On Tigers Twitter is at uh, obviously at Locked On Tigers. Um, and yeah, like all the stuff I do is pretty much in the bio. My Twitter, I write for the Detroit News. I do Locked On Red Wings too. If you're a hockey fan, so um, yeah, a lot of a uh, lot, lot of lot of Detroit sports stuff going through uh, going through my personal Twitter there. Yeah. Yeah, I work for the Coyotes, but I can't say I know too much about hockey. So maybe the graphics are heat, though. That's really all that matters. The graphics are heat, brother. That's all that matters. That's what we (laughs) care about. Scott, thank you for hopping on today, sir. And we got to do this again in the future. So absolutely. If you ever need anything. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Come back next week for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Go back and catch up on any pods you might have missed this week. Shout out to Scott Bentley of Lockdown Tigers for making time for me today because I hit him up at the last minute. And as always, come back for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. And deuces! <laughs>